Olsen fakes it for Pat and yes, touchdown to Greg Olsen. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Touchdown, Carolina. Hello and welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is your special NFL regular season schedule announcement episode. This is Brian, joined by Brad as always. Brad, how are you doing? I am doing well. Yeah. I mean, we found out the schedule. How can you not be excited? Well, we could have found out the schedule at 8 o'clock this morning, but, you know, yeah, I that's digress. I, I really hate the NFL right now. I don't know why yeah. they don't just tell everybody at 8 a.m. what the schedule is, and then that gives people the entire day to talk about it and build excitement. They're still going to do their two-hour show on NFL Network at 8 o'clock. Like, they're going to do that no matter what and talk about the Cowboy or the, in the entire NFC East and then, like, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Like, they could have avoided – making people wait all day. Right. And uh, the people that we're going to tune in to watch them talk about the schedule way, way too soon. Anyway, we're probably going to do it regardless of whether it was announced at eight o'clock this morning or, you know, eight I mean, o'clock if, tonight. if they announced it at eight o'clock this morning, I could have spent the entire day breaking down potential matchups, you know, looking at who, what we could do and what we couldn't do. I can't do that until later now because they had to wait until eight o'clock PM. It's just dumb. Yeah, I'm it's surprised really they didn't do a. I'm surprised they didn't do a a two hour special on the preseason schedule. That'll probably be next year. Yeah, that, especially with the reduced amount of games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, it, they can knock it instead of it being three hours. It'll be two. So yeah. Uh, so anyway, I guess yeah. Let's let's so, break it down. I mean, we open with the Jets in Week One at home. I I mean, I was kind of hoping the Sam Darnold revenge game would have been a later in the year. You know, when we've had a chance to to see him and the Jets have had a chance to gel a little bit, so we could beat them and put it in their face that they gave us Sam Darnold. But I mean, opening the year against the Jets is fine, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's it's a home game. It, I mean, you know, a, yeah, it's a home game. Week one is always really imp- unpredictable. Um, yeah. So I guess the fact that we get to see what Sam Darnold looks like under a somewhat uh, under an actual competent and talented offense, and what Luke Wilson, no, Josh Wilson, excuse me, will uh, look like under a you mean Zach Wilson Jets team. Zach Wilson. Fuck, there's too yeah. many Wilsons, There's man. too many yeah, Wilsons, Zach Wilson. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm excited for, for that. I think that it, get, it actually gives Carolina a little bit of an edge because, granted, Sam Darnold is the, you know, is the is a new starting quarterback, so that'll be his first regular season experience. But obviously, pieces like McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, a lot of the offensive line have been, have been around. Um and we expect the offense to take a step forward in this in 2021 and the defense is a lot of the same players so i think they have a they definitely have an advantage so it'll be nice to start the year off with a win if possible and i'll be really i'll be really defeated if the jets manage to beat the panthers yeah, that, on that the first be, game of the nfl season <laughs> yeah that would be soul crushing i mean i kind of wish 
we played somebody like the Bucks in week one because week one is like you said that week where anything can happen, and right. it's good to play a, a difficult team early because everybody's still getting their legs under them. But I mean, I the NFL wants to create as many storylines as they can, and Sam Darnold versus the Jets. I mean, that's really scraping the bottom of the barrel for stories. But I mean, it is a story. So, yep. The second week is another home game. That's against the Saints, which will be yeah. that'll be another interesting one because we yeah, really have we, no idea. No idea how this is going to go. I mean, it's is it going to be Taysom Hill or is it going to be Jameis Winston or are they going to sign somebody else? Or are they going to trade for Aaron Rodgers? I, what are they going to do? I it's probably going to be Taysom Hill, but you know, I it's it's a Panther Saints game. Literally anything can happen. It, right. You know, it, it'll probably be a shootout. It always is a shootout. I mean, 31 to 28 or 38 to 35 or whatever. So, I mean, I just hope we win. I, I want to beat the Saints because I hate the Saints and I'm tired of losing to the Saints. And Yeah, that would be nice, so, wouldn't it? It would be nice. Um, we get three. a primetime game in week three. Yeah, it's a really interesting choice, too. So it's the Panthers' first away game they'll be playing in Houston. And I, I find it a little strange that they made that a primetime game unless there's something we don't know about the Deshaun Watson stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a to me, it's a case of everybody has to have a Thursday night football game. Like, that's a, an NFL rule. Like, every team gets one primetime game. Right. And I think they're like, well, the Panthers and Texans play each other and nobody really cares. So let's just give them kill two birds with one stone and give both of those teams the primetime game against each other. Kind of like how we also we used to always get like the Browns against the Jaguars when they were both terrible or the the um well, Houston and uh, Jacksonville or Houston and Indianapolis, you know, back when the AFC South was bad, you know, the NFL likes to do that. They like to give one week early of a not really exciting game just to get it out of the way. Yeah, and you don't always know how good those teams are going to be. So I guess like you might stumble your way into a decent primetime game. Yeah, some Thursday of those night. games end up being fire. So, I mean, it, it could this could be one of those. Yeah, I mean, I hate Thursday night football to begin with. So I it's do like, too. Fine. Oh God, I hate it. I'm not so glad a, it's early. Yeah, I'm not just from a coverage standpoint, but because the games can turn out to be real fucking ugly too. Um, yeah. I just hate having to stay up till midnight on a weeknight. Yeah, I'm too old for that now. Yeah, that that part does suck. Yeah. Um, when you when you're watching it for fun and you like, I like Thursday night football when the Panthers aren't playing because I can just quit watching it. Like I don't have to stay up that late, and you know if the game gets boring or whatever, I can just not watch the rest of it. But when you have to stay up that late and you have to cover it, and then you have post game and all that stuff, it just sucks. It there's no other way to put it. It sucks. Yeah, it's just awful. <clears throat> um, we stay in Texas, though, week four. We play Dallas in Dallas. Yeah, I was going to say it might make sense for them to just stay there. To yeah, stay I in mean, the state of Texas. It's, it's an extended week, though, because they play on Thursday. So it's a 10-day right. instead of a 7-day. But I would probably just stay. Like, there's no reason to come back to Charlotte and then go all the way back out to Texas. I mean, it's – I know – 
travel is easier now than it used to be because we have, you know, airplanes. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I think the time zone difference might be enough for reason to just stay out there for. Hell, they could go to Baylor. I'm sure Matt Rule could get a connection. They could hang out at Baylor for the week. Right. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I mean, they probably will come back home because of the Thursday night deal, but I wouldn't. I would just stay out there. Yeah. I mean, it sucks because I'm sure, because like the team kind of has to make a decision together. Like, it's like if I, if it was me where it was like, you know, in a professional setting where I have an important meeting in one place and then I have, you know, if I can work remote and then have an important meeting in the same state, I'd probably just stay there for, and just enjoy being in a different state for like a week and a half. But yeah, that's not really how the NFL works. So I guess it's just going to matter. I guess it's going to depend on what the Panthers choose to do there. So it'll be against the Dallas Cowboys who are a really peril, a polarizing team because I don't know if we, what to expect from them. I don't know if we expect the, the absolute shit show that was last year's Dallas Cowboys, or if we're going to get the the MVP caliber Dak Prescott and they finally kind of figure out how to not suck. Yeah. I think it all depends on Dak. Like that basically we just need to know if Dak is going to play or not. And if he's back from being injured, I, if he's not the, I, there's a good chance we win that game. And if he is, then it's up in the air. And it, it's yeah, impossible to predict these things because, I mean, hell, we don't even know what our team is going to look like. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, as per David Newton, you know, or as per the David Newton tweet from earlier today, some guy named uh, Sam D. Arnold could be starting for the Panthers. <laughs> so you just, yeah. you just don't know. For Poor context, guy. for – for context, for those of you out there, and I'm not going to bag on David Newton too much. If you know, you know. But he uh, he put out a tweet about Sam Darnold today, and he tagged an account on Twitter that was at Sam Darnold was the was the at, but it actually stood for Sam D Arnold, and the account yeah, has some been random for like, fifty year old guy. The ca- the guy might be dead. Like his account yeah. hasn't been active for seven years. <laughs> yeah. So. I was like, okay, David, like, what are you doing? So yeah. that was pretty funny. Um, but anyway, moving forward, we, the Panthers will then tra- will then go back home and, tra- and play against the Philadelphia Eagles, who are also a really weird team to think about right now. Um, yeah. They were they were jockeying around for a quarterback in the draft, didn't end up getting one. So currently, their uh, their guy is Jalen Hurts, who was uh, less than impressive last year. Um, they are in they're definitely at least rumored to be in the sweepstakes for guys like Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. How they can afford that, I don't know, but NFL salary cap is fabricated. It's made up, so who knows? Yeah, just ask um, the Saints about that. But the I as our listeners may know, I do live in Philly country and uh they all believe they're going back to the Super Bowl, so bless their hearts. We'll see how that goes for them. Um Hey, you never know. They might have tickets. It's true. It is going to be easier to go to the Super Bowl this year. So, yeah. Um, the next game is against the Panthers. Will stay at home and play against Minnesota, which I always cringe when we when the Panthers play Minnesota because those games can get really ugly. It it's um, always the Vikings, man. Like that's yeah. the always the game every year where we like give up three punt return touchdowns in the same game or. 
um, players that don't normally make mistakes make mistakes. It, I don't know what it is about the Vikings, but that's the bat. That's the non NFC South batshit game every year. Like they should just join the NFC South. Yeah, they really should. Like ship the Buccaneers out because they got Tom Brady and just yeah, continue the wackiness. Aren't they? Didn't the Panthers lose to the Vikings last year too? Yes, we did. We lost to the Vikings when Jeremy Chin scored touchdowns on back-to-back defensive plays. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think uh, I think we can thank Teddy Bridgewater for that one. Oh yeah, Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, that'll be a good talking point for the end of the show. Along um, with the other eight or seven times we lost when we had a chance to win in the fourth quarter. But you know, hey, who's counting? Yeah, who's um, counting? Yeah, who's talking? talking about that right now yeah speaking of other seven in week seven we go to new york or new jersey to play the giants yeah and i don't know how that i don't know how that one's gonna go either i mean it's they're on the rise they they may or may not beat us i have no idea i really don't they're weird you're not gonna get much analysis out of this show guys if you haven't figured it out yet Uh, they're 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 a weird team because they kind of sort of have some pieces like their defense seems to be, they seem to be building like a solid defense there. Um, yeah. And they were underrated team. last year. Cause they lost Saquon Barkley. Like they lost, yeah, they, they still almost won the NFC East. Yeah. Like they, they lost, they, they lost 90% of their offense and still almost won their division. So granted it was the worst division in the history of the league, but still. They are just a weird team because you really don't know. They're another one where their quarterback could bounce back and have like a, I don't want to say a Josh Allen type year, but he's certainly got the physical tools to lead an offense like that in Daniel Jones, but he also could just be, you know, terrible. So it's like, it's kind of hard to say. And Saquon Barkley needs to be healthy, so... We'll see. We'll see about that one. The next the next week is our second divisional game. It's Halloween, actually, against yes, the Atlanta Halloween. Falcons. What a better what better day to play the Falcons <laughs> that is, than Halloween. That is the perfect day for Panthers Falcons. I mean, you could not have written a better schedule than because that. Because you never you never know what team is gonna show up on both sides in no. that game. Like I Gina, I texted our friend Gina, a friend of the show earlier today, or tweeted not texted i tweeted her earlier today and i said i can't wait to see the two games where we both come in play each other on sunday afternoon and leave underwhelmed because that's exactly what happens every single time yeah both panthers and falcons fans both feel underwhelmed and disappointed when we play each other yeah like neither team really wins like no no somebody loses nobody wins Like, and even it's always if they do, a shit show. Yeah, like even if the Falcons do beat the Panthers nine times out of ten, they're like, "Well, we really should have lost that game." <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like you don't walk away with much confidence. I mean, and Grant, it's a good thing they only play each other twice a year because they, they uh, that that could be real. That they they could definitely have some weird stuff happen in the playoffs if like those two teams played each other like four times a year. Yeah. Um, Nobody would so we'll watch. see. Like nobody would watch. I'm not twice a year is to... more than we should get. I'm not looking forward to playing against Kyle Pitts and Julio Jones. So that's no, why I'm when I see either. when I see the Falcoholic tweeting about how they really don't want to trade Julio Jones, I'm doing everything in my power to meme it into existence using the yes. CSR Twitter handle. Like hopefully uh, they trade him to us. Like that would be great. 
That would be awesome, actually. Yeah. F- fucking DJ Moore, Julio <laughs> Jones, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall on this all on the same team. My yeah. goodness. Like you, we wouldn't even really need to play a tight end because no, team, Sam Darnold would have zero excuses at that point. Like he already does, but he would, he would even have less excuses at that point if we got who teams would not load the box despite the Panthers having Christian McCaffrey. Like yeah. it would be just nuts. And then we get to the revenge game, Cam Newton, November seventh. Are we sure that it's going to be the Cam Newton revenge game? And not the I Mac really Jones don't. making his first start in Charlotte I mean, game. I, I mean, I could see it going that way, but I really don't think so. I don't think that Bill Belichick is one to just throw a rookie quarterback out there like that. At least not unless he has to. And and the the Patriots have a much much better team this year. Um, they surrounded Cam with a ton of weapons. Um, they still have a pretty good offensive line. I think they fleeced them. Raiders out of the guy that they what was it Trenton Cannon I want to say or Marcus Cannon Marcus Cannon I believe Marcus Cannon Trenton Cannon is the Panthers tackle who's not nearly as good that's right um no Trenton Cannon is our running back oh my goodness Trent Scott is our tackle Trent Trent Scott there we go (laughs) I kind of like merged Marcus Cannon and uh Trenton Cannon together apparently Um, it happens yeah so but so I mean it I, I would I would personally enjoy not watching Cam Newton put fifty points up against the Panthers. Yeah, see that's where that I'm game. at too. Like I don't I want Belichick to start Mac Jones by that point because I don't want to lose to Cam. And I and also all... don't want to beat Cam. Like I I don't I don't want to play against Cam. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna see that. I would rather beat Mac Jones. Yeah, and we I think we all know that if Cam Newton does play that game, I don't care how bad their team is suddenly being that that particular year, he's going to beat us. Like Cam is going yes. to beat Carolina. It's he's going to pull every ounce of talent from the last 9 to 10 years of his career out of his ass and just unload it on Carolina. <laughs> like Yeah. So yeah, I y'all really thought don't the Steve Smith that. revenge game was bad. Just wait until Cam. Yeah, Cam will Cam will reset his career highs and passing yards and touchdowns in that game. Um, so, yeah. Then we get to November 14th. Carolina's traveling to Arizona. That's another one where it's like, I have no idea what to think. Cause yeah, anything I don't think happen. Carolina, I don't think Carolina had any business beating the Cardinals last year. Um, no, they're a team on and, the rise. I think they're, they're going to be the, the wild card like contender this year. I mean, we've said that every year since I think like 2009, but right. anything can happen. I really like yeah. Kyler Murray, though. Yeah, Kyler Murray is very good. Um, last year, he showed he can what kind of weapon he can be. Um, so as long as he can stay healthy, he's one of those guys where he can go up against any given team and put up 40 points on him. So especially with the offense they've assembled there. Yeah. Um, and I so always, we'll I will always love Larry Fitzgerald. He's one of my favorite players on any team because he's such a good guy. So yeah, he's just the he's just the best. He is the he is swell. the example. Like, if you want your kids to idolize an NFL player, pick Larry Fitzgerald. For real, like he's he is he's a solid guy. He is a good role model. He's good in the community. He's a good player too. Uh, he can still play at his age. If if you want your kids to learn how to be a productive professional athlete on and off the field, show them Larry Fitzgerald because that's how you do it. 
I hope Agreed. we beat his ass in week 10, but I, I like the guy. Yep. Me too. Me too. I'm glad he's hey, back for at least one more year. Yeah, me too. Um, we got uh, in week 11, we got the Ron Rivera revenge game part two, which they might have a shot this time because they won't start Dwayne Haskins to intentionally lose and screw us out of a top five pick. Yeah, that's the game that I have pegged on my on my list as what I believe will be the most unpredictable game. Oh, it absolutely will be. Forward. Because number one, we don't know. They don't really know who's going to start at quarterback. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick should, but you never know with him. Every time he's he's either on a hot streak or he's on a cold streak. I like, was going to say it depends on how he's played, like how he plays week one and two, because that will tell you if he'll be good or bad by week eleven. Because, like you said, he's streaky. Like he'll be good for two or three games, then he'll be terrible, and then he'll be good again, and then he'll be terrible again. So it's just a matter of does he start out bad or does he start out good? That's if the, it's not, yep. And if, exactly. it, if if he even starts, and if it's not him, it's the Kyle Allen and Taylor or Taylor Heineke revenge game, and that's oh, it's the, the Taylor Heineke revenge game, and I actually could would enjoy watching that. Yeah, I would too. I mean, I I really enjoyed Taylor Heineke's performance in the playoffs this past year. Like, uh. They, they had no fucking chance. Let's be real. And he he actually yeah. showed up and showed out. Showed out. He a showed bit, heart. So. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so we go to Miami in week twelve. Yeah, that, that that'll be fun. Me. Yeah. I. The only variable for Miami because like Miami was a good team last year. Like I I don't think that they get enough credit for how good they were. Um, it's gonna and, yeah. Uh, to a tongue of Aloha gonna be good or not? Yeah, that's, that's that's really all it is. Like they they basically did the same thing that the Panthers did with Sam Darnold. And they surrounded him with a fuckload of weapons. They're like, "All right, show us your quarterback." Yep. So pretty much. And they got a pretty good defense, and uh, they continue to always have draft capital. So they have an underrated coaching staff. They have like they're primed to to take over the AFC East with Buffalo, and kind of push new England to the side and be the two teams that consistently battle for that top spot in that division. So we'll see what happens. Yep. Then we got our bye week, which I always, I actually enjoy the later in the season bye weeks. Like those four bye weeks are annoying. Cause like, even if the Panthers lose all of their first three games, it's like, okay, like, you know, we still don't really know what they look like where, the later ones, if they if they haven't been doing well, it's like okay, I got a week off from watching this fucking team. Or if they're doing well, that that week usually uh, gives them a little bit of time to get guys back, and they have a fucking murderer's row for the end of the season. Yeah, to me, the preferred bye week is around week ten, like the middle of the year. Yeah. But thirteen yeah. is good. I think fourteen is too late, and like you said, four is way too early. So, you know, a week 13 by week is good. And I think we're going to need it because yeah. I'm going to go over these um, one, two, three, four, five, last five games, like all at once. And we can just talk about it as a group because it's a murderer's row. Yep. We play the Falcons in week 14. Then we go to, to Buffalo to play the Bills. Then we come back home and play the Bucks. Then we go to New Orleans and play the Saints. And then we go to Tampa and finish the year against the Bucks. That is a lot of heat, a short time span. 
Because the Falcons, that game can go either way, as we already know. Then we play one of the top premier teams in the AFC, then the defending Super Bowl champions, then the Saints, which it could go either way like it always does, and then the defending Super Bowl champions again. Like, that's that's a lot. Yeah, even no matter how Carolina's season goes in the first prior to the bye week, those five games could, if they actually are a playoff caliber team, those five games could ruin the whole thing. Yeah. Like I could see us being, let's see, would be, we would have played 12 games. I could see us being like eight and four. Yeah. Or, you know, nine and three and lose out after the bye. Like right. that would not shock me at all. Cause that's a gauntlet. That's a very Panthers thing to happen as well. Yeah. So. It, the, yeah, the, yeah. the Ron special. Um, but see, if we did that this time, it, I wouldn't be that upset because that's a lot of difficult games in a row. Yes. Factored in with three of the five are on the road and two of those three are the two hardest games at the bills and at the bucks. That's, that's tough. No matter who we are as a team, like you said, that's just, that's a lot of concentrated difficulty. Yeah. And even if, even if um, the saints are average, let's say next year, um, playing in New Orleans is never easy, and they haven't been. No. They they're coming off of a, a season where they did make the playoffs. So if they're at full capacity, that's playing in that stadium is going to suck for Carolina. Yeah. So yeah, it's not good. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, and just so you know, those of you listening to this, um, we currently only have one primetime game, but starting in week, I think it's week twelve. They can be flexed. So there's a chance that some of these games get flexed to prime time. Two of the biggest um, candidates for that are the Bills game and that first Buccaneers game. Right. Like, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me that one or, or both of those get flexed at least to like 4.30 p.m. Because I think we're going to see the Bucs are going to be trying to wrap up the division the Bills are going to be trying to wrap up their division. They're going to want to put them on where more people will be able to watch. And you never know. We might be in the hunt, too. Yeah, even if Carolina's like at a 500 record by that time, that would still be necessary for prime time because it's going to be – it means that Carolina has a chance to be a spoiler, so it should be a good game. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Carolina has a chance. I mean. The good news for them is that the first the first half of the year is against teams that they theoretically have a chance of beating. So you could put together some momentum going into the end of the season. And I yeah. think that this will be this will also be the first off season where or the first regular season under Matt Rule where he'll have like at least something close to a regular off season because last year that was all you know. Yeah, and everywhere he's ever been, year two has been dramatically better than year one. So we will see if what he's done in college multiple times translates to the NFL or not. And, I mean, I I think there's a chance we could be, uh, you know, seven and five to nine and three, somewhere in that range at the bye week, and then have a shot at making the playoffs. And those last five games are going to determine our fate. Yep. 
Yep, that that I agree with. Um, speaking of, so well, I guess is there anything else we want to touch on as far as the regular season goes? I feel like we kind of covered most of that. Yeah, there's not. Yeah, it's this. Yeah, there's nothing else to say. There, there was some comments made by Teddy Bridgewater today that I know Brad has some opinions on. So I'll Ugh. let you cover that. Even though, and this is not to trash Teddy Bridgewater too much. I mean, he he came to Carolina. They they expected a certain level of production out of him. He didn't provide it. So they cut bait with him and they let him go. And obviously he probably doesn't feel great about that considering that's what happens to that's what's happened to him everywhere he's gone in his career. So Brad, I'll, I'll give you the floor. Okay. First of all, I don't hate Teddy Bridgewater the person because I don't know Teddy Bridgewater. But I no longer like Teddy Bridgewater the quarterback. The comments he made today where he said that the Panthers didn't really practice the red zone offense and the two-minute drill that much during the season, to me seems a like a convenient excuse for the fact that Teddy Bridgewater was 0-8 in games where the game could have been won in the fourth quarter on offense. He had eight shots at leading a comeback drive and failed eight times. You cannot tell me that, an, and as we're recording this, Matt Rule is supposed to be giving a press conference. He could come out and corroborate this story. I don't think he would, but, uh, and I don't know why Teddy Bridgewater would say this, but you can't convince me that an NFL coach does not practice the two-minute drill or the red zone offense at all. And if you're an NFL veteran who's been around for a couple of years and you've started for multiple teams, why do you need that much practice when all you have to do is just do what comes natural to you and and go out there and lead the offense and and go win a damn ball game like it's not rocket science and i know like christian mccaffrey was hurt most of the year and i'm not going to bag on teddy bridgewater too much but it just sounds to me like he's making some lame ass excuse for the fact that he couldn't get the job done that's what it sounds like to me and really when you look at Sam Darnold and what he did in New York on paper, and I still believe Adam Gase was 90% of the problem, if not more. But when you look at on paper, Sam Darnold, how bad he was to, statistically on a known terrible team with a known terrible coach. And you think the Panthers paid me to leave town to get that guy how can you not look at yourself in the mirror and think you know what maybe i might need to improve because we got rid of teddy bridgewater one year after giving him 63 million dollars for three years we got rid of him for sam fucking darnold like really And you want to say that it's because Matt Rule and Joe Brady didn't run the two-minute drill in practice? I mean, bitch, please. Seriously. Bitch, (laughs) please. So, 
there there might be some merit to what he was saying if but I think he didn't phrase it properly because the off season was kind of fucked up because teams Yes, couldn't I will really... give him that. I mean, there's yeah. only so much they could do. But as you said, he's a veteran quarterback. It's not like he's never done this before. And well, apparently he hasn't because, I mean, he's, he's been a mediocre at best starter everywhere he's ever been. Right. And uh, there were several different times where he had opportunities in the red zone to hit a wide open receiver. There were at least two that I can think of where Curtis Samuel was wide the fuck open and it shouldn't. That should be something where you see it, you toss it, and he just didn't. He just fucked it up, or he wasn't. Yeah, and it's not like he hit Curtis Samuel in the hands. Yeah, like unless Joe Brady and Matt Rule were instructing him to be conservative, which I tend, I would, I highly doubt that because I don't think they would have gotten rid of him if they felt that he was executing the game plan the way they wanted him. Yeah, if they told him to be conservative, then they would have given him an extension and 800 million more dollars because, (laughs) I mean, he did exactly what somebody wants if you say be conservative. Yeah, like the the whole thing about – the Panthers executed a lot of no huddle last year. It wasn't wasn't quite like what they did with Cam Newton back in 2015, um, but they did go up-tempo – a decent bit. I wouldn't say that they went over uh, above average or below average. I would say it's about average just based on recollection. Um, and that's really no different from the two minute drill. The only difference is the two minute drill. There's a little more urgency and the aggre- and the play calls are te- typically more aggressive. The only it, literally the only the, difference is there's only two minutes left on the clock. Yeah. the, the you have the, to run the offense in the in those yeah. two minutes. And the other, di- the only other major difference is timing with receivers where they need to get out of bounds. That's that's really the only difference. But I don't, I. It's hard for me to, to take to take the his side against the coaching staff on that when he just consistently fucked up throws, no matter what the game situation was. Yeah, like and, you don't need to run the the red zone offense and the two minute drill in practice to know, don't jump over the line of scrimmage from the two yard line and hold the ball over like a loaf of bread over the goal line on first and goal. Yeah, the you only reason to, you, do you don't that, need to you do that on fourth and goal. The only reason you do that is if you're Cam fucking Newton. That's it. Yeah. Because like, Cam, cause Cam not, can hold the ball. Yeah. If you're not Cam Newton, you only do that on fourth and goal. Right. Where it doesn't matter if you if you fumble it or not, because if you don't cross the plane, then it doesn't matter either way. So you only do that shit on fourth and goal. You don't need the two-minute offense and the red zone offense in practice to know that if it's fourth and eight, you don't throw a three yard pass to Curtis Samuel on fourth down when you're behind six points in the fourth quarter, that shouldn't have to be taught to you in practice, especially if you're a veteran, like if it were PJ Walker making these mistakes and then these comments or will Greer making these mistakes and then these comments, or even a rookie, making these mistakes and then making these comments, I would understand it a little bit and maybe even have some sympathy for you, but you're a veteran quarterback. You've been in the league. Just admit that you were not good enough to get the job done and move on. Like be in, go be in Denver, like talk to, 
talk to Broncos fans, talk about horses, talk about whatever Denver people do, like go to a Rockies <laughs> game. I mean, smoke some weed, you know. What? Yeah, I was going to say they smoke weed and ride horses. That's what yeah, I Yeah, just, you know, you know, just le- you're not you're not our problem anymore. So why are you bringing our name up? Yeah, get get our name out of your mouth. Come on, man. Um, that said, I wish him the best of luck in Denver. Yeah, in, uh, good luck, Denver. Daddy. Have fun in Denver, yeah. whatever. I'm so glad you're not here anymore. So, Yeah, we'll see if Sam Darnold works out. But at the very least, if Sam Darnold is not not as ad, as Matt Rule is advertising him this year, it's not like they are – well, they have they are paying him a fifth year option next year, but hey. Yeah, but it's eighteen million dollars. It's not that much money. Right. Next year when we have like a hundred million in salary cap space. So it's it's really nothing. And I, I think Sam Darnold will be better than he was in New York. I don't know if he's gonna be the best quarterback in the NFC South, for example, but I, I do think he will be better and I think he'll be better than Teddy was. Yeah. At the very least, he'll take risks downfield. Yeah, and he also... I know we've probably shared this on the podcast before, but, like, there's there's a reason why Sam Darnold drafted third overall, and there's a reason why... I I was listening to something about Matt... I was listening to something... I don't remember what show it was on. It might have been the Cowherd show. Um... But basically, they were scouting somebody else that was on the Jets, and that was when they picked up on what Sam on Sam Darnold because they were watching plays and watching film, and the, and the the defense apparently Matt Rule was watching with the defensive coordinators of all people, and they kept noticing Sam Darnold making these plays where you're like, wow, wow, that really pops off the screen, yeah, and it happened enough that it made them interested. And the other thing too is that Matt Rule had a very long conversation with Sam Darnold when he was interviewing with the New York Jets. So it's not like Carolina doesn't have any exposure to Sam Darnold or at the very least Matt Rule. So I have a little more faith in this move when we know that Matt Rule has some experience because Matt Rule was basically interviewing Sam Darnold to see if it made sense to um, to work with him as his quarterback when he took on a head coaching job. And they were scouting against Sam Darnold with defensive court coaches. So it's like, it wasn't like they were looking for, at least initially, they were looking for reasons to want him. He just, yeah. he won them over. So, I don't know. I mean, let's I mean, be real. That team, and this doesn't get talked about enough either. That Jets team was 0-10 when Sam Darnold did not play. All right. Yeah, and they, so they regressed every you can year bag since on, you can, yeah, You can bag on Sam Darnold all you want, but he's 23 years old. He's only been in the league three years. He's younger than Joe Burrow. Like, literally, he's younger than Joe Burrow. He didn't, he'd had no shot in New York. No quarterback. I don't even know if Tom Brady could have won with that roster. Like he might have drug him to an eight and eight or a nine and seven no. record. Cause he's Tom Brady, but nobody was winning I, in that, that organization. And I don't even know if Tom Brady could have because yeah, I mean, I we're say, talking, I, I, sorry, go ahead. 
Uh, I was, we're talking like his top receivers were like Jamison Crowder and Braxton Berrios for two of those three years. So, I, I you know, I, or one of the three, because he had Robbie Anderson. But I just give him a chance. I know people want to be upset and people are still upset because we got rid of Cam. That ship has sailed. It's over. Uh you know, let's give Sam Darnold a chance. That's he at least deserves a chance to be bad. I'm a firm believer that if for some weird reason, Tom Brady decided to go to the Jets last year. Like, let's say the Jets were in on the Tom Brady sweepstakes. I have a, I'm a firm believer that Tom Brady would be dead. Probably like he, he would not be alive like that. Like, team. They had Mackay Becton at left tackle, but he was a rookie last year and he's going to be good. But he was a rookie last year. And that's, I mean, our offensive line was better than the Jets' offensive line. Yeah, and to, like Darnold was running for his life most games. Like that, yeah. like there, there were times where he made really boneheaded decisions where he threw passes that were like, you're like, what are you, what the fuck are you doing? But like quarterbacks that are under duress tend to do that. And I watched the dude running around and making these like crazy looking throws from across his body. It's like. You know, like when Zach Wilson, when uh, Zach Wilson did it in college, it was like, you know, that's pretty impressive where Sam Darnold was doing it out of fucking necessity. <laughs> like yeah. he couldn't do anything else to try and make plays. So we'll see. Just don't have him draw any Panthers logos. I think no, be don't fun. have him draw. So, Hopefully he doesn't draw plays. Yeah. Do not let him. Ha- don't let him have a pencil or a pen at all in meetings. Yeah. He's not allowed. You give him an iPad. You let him type on it. Anything he wants to commu- anything he wants to draw up, he can dictate it verbally. Somebody yeah. else can draw it for him. I'm sure they pretty can much, afford that. Yeah. <laughs> David David Tepper's David Tepper's pretty fucking rich. I'm sure he can afford to get someone to draw things for Sam Darnold. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see, and it's going to be a long off season until we get to see the Sam Darnold revenge game and how that really goes. So yeah, these are the next, next two months are the longest part of the year. Cause there's nothing between the, the schedule release and the start of training camp. Like there's nothing fucking nothing. It's nothing just except barren wilderness. Nothing. Yeah. Hype stories on, on different players like Omar Bayless to tell us yeah. that they might actually have a chance to make the roster. Yeah, I'm um, going to go ahead and dispel that myth now. Omar Bayless does not really have a chance to make the roster. I'm not going to say 0% because he has a chance to make the roster. It's just not a very high chance. I mean, we already have five guys that are guaranteed to make the roster, and we drafted Shy Smith for a reason. Like, he's competing with, like, seven guys for one spot. We're not keeping seven receivers unless multiple people at tight end or whatever get hurt. We're not like, we've never had seven receivers. So I I, I hate to break it to y'all, but I don't think Omar is going to make the team. We'll certainly see. You never know. He's going to make the team and be the number one wide receiver. Cause I made that claim, but, and I like the kid. I mean, he's looks like he's got potential. It's just, we've got too many, Guys, like if we could stash him on the practice squad and not re-sign Robbie Anderson, which we should do, but if we decided not to, then he would have a shot. But 
in 2021, I just, I don't see it. I just don't see it. Yep. And they're going to trade for Julio. So that makes it even yeah, harder. They're going to, yeah. They're going to trade for Julio too. So we might have to carry seven receivers just so we can have Julio. Yeah. But anyway, we'll have more coverage of all those, uh, those fringe roster players for you in the coming months. I'm sure it'll be fun. Yep. Um, Thanks for checking out the schedule and uh, let us know any games that you're excited about. We'd be happy to talk about, talk a little more after we do some research on them. So from all of us here at the keep sounding podcast, this is Brad and Brian. And as always stay tuned, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk to you soon. Later guys.